Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. In today's episode, we will be talking about inflation. <laughs> There's so much of it. What can we do to mitigate some of the rising, rising costs of operating a business? And to talk further about the subject matter within the studio, we have Robert. Good afternoon. And myself, Ash. So how much is inflation now? Oh my goodness. Last I saw it was over 8%. I think it's come down from that, but it's still, I don't know if it's under seven or in the sevens for the last trailing 12 months. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So that's good. I mean, in the, uh, if you, if you look at the whole 12 months, yeah, that's still bad, but probably just the last quarter, the drop, that's good. Well, let me ask you this because this sort of caught me by surprise. What's the prime rate now? The prime interest rate. What is it? Seven and a half percent. The prime interest rate is seven and a half percent. Bank of America's prime interest rate today, which is, well, as of December the 15th and today still is seven and a half percent. Oh my goodness. So when we have a lot of clients that I had one today that wanted to refinance and I said, well, what are your rates? And he said, uh, on my existing loans, about five and a half percent. I said, okay, well, I can probably lower your monthly payment but not lower interest rate, I'd have to stretch the payments out a few more years to lower the monthly payment. I said, if you want to do that, and of course, nobody wants to pay extra interest. So, right. But I think it snuck up on people. I mean, I knew rates were going up. Everybody knows rates are going up. Mortgage rates, borrowing rates, all kinds of rates are going up. Funny enough, though, having said that, I don't think credit card interest rates went up. I think they're still about 30%. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the prime rate now is seven and a half percent, and most of the dental lenders are still doing loans somewhere around. I'd say the average is probably five nine five five point nine five percent for ten years. The advantage of some of the dental lenders is that they will fix that rate for the full term of the loan. A lot of the banks will only fix their rate for five years, mm -hmm. and. Who knows where rates are going to be in five years? Now, a lot of people, most of the experts think that rates will be lower in a year to 15 months from now. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know that they're going to be as low as they were 15 months ago. 15 months ago, the rates were down under 3% for a mortgage. I, I completely agree with you there. I don't think we will ever go down there, if you ask me. Well, never say never, <laughs> but probably not in my lifetime. I, I, I mean... That was crazy last year. And I think according to this information that you uh, researched for the podcast, it looks like the uh, average rate now for mortgage is about 6.33%. Yeah, as of the 12th of January of 2023. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's almost double what it was 15 months ago. Yeah, yeah. 
That is true. But you know what? The the real estate market, especially the residential market, uh, they're trying to still make purchasing houses a reality for a lot of first-time home buyers by reducing the cost. They're trying to make it affordable. Right. Yeah. And a lot of uh, mortgage companies I've seen are coming out with some alternative products. Now, I couldn't tell you what those are, but I began seeing some ads maybe a month ago mm-hmm. about other ways to to lower your monthly payment. And believe it or not, I've seen at least one mortgage company come out with a 40-year mortgage wow. instead of 30. And so, naturally, that lowers your payment. Right. You're paying more interest. Mm-hmm. But the primary driving factor that people consider when they're buying either a car or a house isn't the total cost. It's the monthly payment. That's true. The purchase power. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, the burden on uh, acquiring debt. Monthly cash flow. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And, you know, uh, I mean, I feel, I mean, I honestly can empathize with our lender friends. Uh, you have to be creative in this market. I mean, how else would you continue to run the business? I mean, you know, going up to a 40-year term length plan or maybe even including some options to buy out uh, a certain percentage of your interest rate. So uh, I've seen that too. I've seen uh, some realtors that will actually pay the what one one percent of your interest rate for the first twelve months, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But they're offering that. Yeah, I mean, how else are they supposed to get their commissions? Yeah, right. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they have to eat too. A lot of creative things happening uh, with the current lending market. Now, we see our lenders trying to find creative ways to accommodate this current inflated market, but let's also talk about our business owners. What do you think they can do to uh, be more cognizant of uh, this inflated market? Well, you know, everybody always talks about raising fees, right? but how can you raise your fees if you're insurance-driven? Because you can raise your fee as much as you want to. The insurance company is only going to reimburse you whatever they determine is the ordinary and customary. That's true. So what you need to do is talk to some of these specialists. And we have uh, one or two in particular that we work with that can renegotiate on your behalf your insurance reimbursement rates. I see. Okay. I've had this person do work for one of our clients and it was a practice that was collecting about a million six, I believe, and she renegotiated over $200,000 in increase to their reimbursement rates. Wow, that's amazing. Pretty significant. I mean, that's 12.5% of collections by not seeing another single patient. With their existing patients. With existing patients, yes. That is, that is amazing. So uh, it can be done. It just depends on which insurances you're on, and it depends on – I mean, you hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Now, a lot of the doctors out there say, oh, I can can do this myself. Yeah, but what kind of results are you getting? If you get a 5% increase, that's Mm -hmm. not near as good as 12.5% increase. You know, so hire somebody that's experienced. You know, you wouldn't try to do your own tax return, you know, so (laughs) – I hope not. uh, And you wouldn't try to build your own house, you know, (laughs) so hire the expert to do it. Hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. I mean, I may think I can put on a crown <laughs> of a loved one. <laughs> oh, I know. I cannot do that. <laughs> I'll let you guys wonder how that would turn out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you're right. The reimbursement rates, negotiating that, hiring a specialist who specializes in that, and that can help you, you know, 
raise your revenue. So, you know, that's also another thing I want to point out is that I think the go-to place for most of the business owners is how do I reduce my expenses? To mitigate increased expenses in certain areas, how do I reduce expenses in other areas so that my take-home amount or my bottom line is still the same? Well, you have to look at those expenses, you know, and that's one thing we do for our clients is we have a, 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 what a, a practice analysis worksheet that we give them every month along with their financials that shows them what percentage they should be targeting for each category of expense. Right. And it's based on other practices of similar size to theirs. It's not just a general number. It's based on, you know, for practices that are collecting 600,000, that's one percentage. For practices that are collecting over a million, that's a different percentage. Mm-hmm. So it, it's customized to the size of practice you have. And so using that information, we can show clients where they're out of balance, you know, where right. they're spending too much right. in a particular category. Right. And as everybody knows, the, the main category that cost you money in your practice is team members. That's true. Salaries are the biggest single expenditure. Mm-hmm. And next would be lab fees. And after that, dental supplies. And, and then on down the line, rent. Right. And those are hard. Of course, rent. You can't do anything about that. But as far as lab fees and dental supplies, you have some control over that. That's true. And I find that on the salaries of the team members, most practices that have been around 10 years or more, maybe eight years or more, somewhere in that range, have more people in their practice than they need. Mm. The doctor has gotten comfortable with a certain way of doing things. Right. He may have an extra chair-side assistant. He may have an extra person at the front desk. Right. Maybe you have a person at the front desk that does nothing but insurance verifications. Right. Okay. Well, if you start dropping some insurance companies, then she could be more customer service oriented and not so much you know, helping just comply with insurance. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. You can, you know, drop some insurances, go out and network with some insurances, have that evaluated. There are people mm-hmm. that evaluate that as well. Right. Now, as a client, let's say I'm, I'm one of your clients and I just heard this amazing tip. And I tell you, you know what, Robert, I will do that. Plus, I'm going to get rid of my retirement plan as well. <laughs> well, first of all, when you tell a client to go out of network, the first thing I hear is, oh, I can't do that. I'll lose too many patients. But there's a way to do it. There's a right way to do it. And we'll have somebody in a future episode talk about that. We uh, have an episode in the past uh, where we talked about that as well. And we've had clients that went out of network with all insurances over the course of a couple of years. You don't do it overnight. It takes time. And they lost no patients. In fact, their business grew number of patient-wise. Mm-hmm. It grew mm-hmm. not just in revenues, but in terms of number of patients. Wow. And so that's, that's, you know, the best of both worlds. You increase your patients, you imp- increase your fees. Right. You've got a growing practice. Right. That's true. So be cognizant of which expenses to reduce. Some, yes, probably needs attention. And then there are others that you don't really want to reduce, for instance, like getting rid of your retirement plan. Well, and, and another thing, when I talk about retirement plans to clients, a lot of times they say, well, that's too expensive. But in almost every case, I can show a client how the tax savings from having a retirement plan is more than it's going to cost you to fund for your eligible employees and pay your fees to administer the plan. Mm -hmm. So then there's no cost. There's actually a negative cost. There's a savings for implementing the retirement plan. So that's not something that I would recommend that you do away with because your taxes will go up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
And so, that's one thing that people don't think about when they're talking about you know, overhead. Hey, mm-hmm. how can I increase my take-home pay? Well, you reduce your taxes, you're increasing your take-home pay. Bingo, right there. That is true. Because taxes is part of that, right? It's a part. big part. It's, it's a big part. It's usually 37% part. <laughs> right. Especially for the demographic of clients we serve. Yes. So, yeah, that is true. And going back to that reimbursement negotiation. So that's not so much cutting expenses. It's actually increasing revenue. Increasing revenue. Increasing revenue. So what I'm wanting our listeners to understand is that it's not just, oh, how do I cut expenses from one area so I can accommodate the increasing expenses in another area, but also don't forget that there are ways to, there are probably still ways for you to increase on the revenue side with your existing resources. Sure. Yes, absolutely. And another big area that uh, people probably don't spend enough money on because they don't see an immediate benefit, and that's marketing. You know, marketing is like a it's like a water hose. You right. know, you turn on the water, and you're holding the other end, and where's the water? Right. You know, where is it? Doesn't come out. About the time you look down in there, it's going to hit you in the face. You know, <laughs> so it takes a while for that pipeline to get full uh-huh. before the new patients start coming in the door. Right. And how long does that take? You know, anywhere from, I mean, if you're lucky, maybe two months, uh, all the way up to maybe six months. But you should see a result, a small result, and then a larger result the longer the program goes on. But if you implement a designed marketing program, Mm -hmm. not just something shooting from the hip, but Mm -hmm. sit down, talk to people, do your research, implement a good, solid plan for marketing, you'll see a result. Just be patient. I mean, I've had people that hired a marketing company and two months later they said, well, it's not working. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the water's not coming out of the other end of the hose right. yet. You know, so <laughs> it's not going to work in two months. I love that analogy. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to steal that from you. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. That's fine. But, but no, you're right though. It's true. It does take some time, right? Um, it's not, uh, it's not rocket science, but at the same time it, it, it is time consuming. But you do have to be cognizant of how long should you wait. Like, should not take you a year to see. No, I'd say you should see results a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. in four or five months, certainly six. Mm -hmm. And then after that, the results should steadily grow Mm -hmm. until it gets to its, you know, its level. Right, right, right. And then you mentioned marketing programs. So it's not just one thing or a couple of things. It's a whole set like, okay, this is what we need to do. Well, and that's the thing about marketing. There's no one thing that I have found that works universally for every practice. You know, I've got a great um, sort of a Petri dish where we had a couple of clients in the same locality. We tried the same marketing company for both of them. Okay, one guy tried them for, I don't even know if it was six months, but it it just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. The other client is still using them years Mm -hmm. later, and he's seeing more new patients than he's ever seen before. So same company, same approach, two different doctors, same locality, different results. Right. So it just depends. It just depends. And I, I can't really tell you what it depends on. I can't really put my finger on it. I have some ideas, but, mm-hmm. you know, but you've got to try different things. Don't right. get, you know, in a rut and try right. the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Right. right. You know, Absolutely. Um, who is it that said it's insanity if you keep doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result and, right. and expecting something different? <laughs> something different, right? Oh, doesn't, goodness. Doesn't work. So, That's true. 
That's just sure. be open-minded and try several different approaches. And sure. you know, those are things we can discuss with you or you know, somebody in the marketing area can discuss the different options with you. There's several different options all right. the way from right. TV and radio, which are very expensive. One thing a lot of people don't think of, which I love to bring up all the time, it's billboards. And Is that of, still a thing? <laughs> it's still a thing. And, you know, cities don't allow them so much anymore, but they work. Okay. And they're not that expensive. Really? Yeah. I think about the most expensive billboard I've seen was $1,500 a month and probably generated 10 to 15 new patients a month for that doctor. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, not at all. Wow, that's good. And, yeah, of course, you're right. talking about the DFW area. Uh, yes, that's true. Okay. Although I find that it works better in a rural area. Okay. So when we have clients in, in Texas but not in the Metroplex, uh -huh. I absolutely recommend it. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. And a lot of the smaller cities are not as restrictive on the use of billboards. Ah, I see. Okay. That's good to know. Now, you know, one other thing that I keep hearing from people is that, hey, Ash, you know, I can just Google marketing and a lot of companies pop up. How do I know which one to go with? You know, ask those companies for references. Mm -hmm. Talk to your peers. Ask them who they've used and what the results were. You know, ask us. You know, right. ask your CPA, if you're not using a dental-specific CPA, I'm sorry, that that's a mistake <laughs> anyway, but uh, they probably won't have a uh, an opinion. And frankly, a lot of accountants are scared to, to share an opinion with a client. They're afraid they'll come back to bite them in the butt at some point. You know? <laughs> so get someone with experience, but but do some research. Don't just go online and, and Google and, you know, and then maybe contact the one that has the best Google ad. Right. That's not probably your best company for your needs right 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 that's true and then the second question that i get asked is how much should i spend in marketing per month you know historically that number was one percent these days three percent is maybe a little high but not too much but it also varies you know if you're a startup you don't have any revenue to measure a percentage right i was gonna so, say. so you should spend maybe as much as a good marketing program could cost you $30,000 a year, right. 2500 a month. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a lot of money for a startup, mm -hmm. but it'll pay off in dividends down the road. Right, right. And with an established practice, you know, you don't need to spend as much, but you need to train your staff on how to talk to your existing patients because your your cheapest new patient, I say cheapest, your, how do I say this, your, your uh, acquisition price of your new patients is less if they're referred by an existing patient true. than any other source. That's true. That's true. That's true. But you, but you can't just expect your staff to, to know to do this. This is part of training. That's true. Uh, talk to your staff on how to talk to the patients as they're leaving and uh, follow up with them later. Make sure they had a good experience and encourage them to tell their friends. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. Yes. So there are, of course, little things that you can implement yourself in their training and your staff members training. I shouldn't be saying staff member. I should be saying team members, team members training um, or the huddles. And then of course, to look for professionals, experts that can help you in that area. Now, this is obviously a little bit different from the earlier advice that you gave, that we gave you. Uh, so of course, with rising costs, we're trying to find ways to either reduce your overhead expenses or to increase your revenue. But in this scenario, marketing, that old saying, you need to spend money to make money, truly does apply. 
So again, going back to what are some of the best ways to mitigate or to tackle the inflation, the inflated market we're in, these are some of the best tips we have. And really, you know, it doesn't cost that much if you do what we call, you know, the internal marketing, train your staff, mm-hmm. team, train your team mm-hmm. to talk to your patients and to encourage them to refer. Some people are embarrassed to ask for referrals. Get over it. You know, that's that's your least cost of acquiring a new patient is that's a right. referral from an existing patient. That's true. So you ought to actively seek those from your patients. Right. I agree. Yes. So being proactive is very important. And that actually starts with your front desk people. Yes. So that and also reviews. There's no harm done if your front desk person asks a leaving patient like, hey, if you had a pleasant experience, please be sure to leave us a review. Yeah. When I leave my dentist, by the time I get back to the office, I have a text Mm -hmm. asking me to give them a review. Oh, that's amazing. So your dentist probably has an automated system. So even better. I'm sure they do. Even better. But if you are not one of those people that has an automated system that does that for you, train your front desk people to do just that. Just a reminder. Like I said, if 10 people are reminded to leave a review, at least one of them will. I agree. Yeah. Right. So with that, on that note, we're going to end our episode. If you guys have questions, inquiries to make, please feel free to reach us at info at enassociates.com. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. Absolutely. Let us know how we can help you. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond by Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.